0: Listening
1: to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. So, then we'll now move over to, to the other side of the NFC North and Talking about two amazing teams, but we've got two amazing guests coming on to, to help us get through these teams as well. Um, so I'm going to bring on Mike and, and chevy you might know from the, the Dynasty Rewind crew. Um, two guys that we always love having. We had you all last year, guys, so we, we had to have you back on. It was a, a lot of fun having you on. And, and yeah, how are you both doing?
2: i'm doing great i'm coming off a vacation so mike nice to see you from like 15 days ago it seems like but yes, i'm feeling really great so mental health is on fire right now it's been incredible to just get away and take those vacations those days are used for a reason you get those days to get that break so if i can't say anything use your days don't be that guy just, i'm gonna i'm gonna be the best for my company i'm never gonna take a day off don't be okay. that guy Do not be that guy because I was that guy at one point in my young life. So
3: don't do that. Your young life? You're still in your young life, man. (laughs) Dude, I am old. I am getting way old. How old are you now? I, I always forget how old you actually are.
2: 28, right?
3: 29 this I got a decade on you, bud. I got a decade on you. I'm going great. I do agree with Chev. Take your days. Because you know what? At the end of the day, the fact of the matter is this. If you died tomorrow, your company is finding a replacement. The people that can't find a replacement for you is your family. So take care of yourself first, and then everything else falls into place. I used to be the same way as Chev. I was a workaholic because I wanted money. And now um, all I want is to spend time with my wife and little girl. So Chev's right. Take your days. Take care of yourself. Like Jerry Springer would say, take care of yourself and each other. I should have ended with that instead of starting it off. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. How are we today? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean don't worry Matt we've got a full hour so I mean people might have forgotten that oh. you said that they might have not have called it at the beginning yeah, so well. you can throw oh. that in at the end and that'll be a, a great way to sign off but yeah great mm-hmm. words to, to start the show and and as I mentioned at the top we've got two teams we're going to talk about the Lions and the Packers so we'll get straight to, to the Dynasty talk this is this is the part that people are looking forward to hearing your opinions on so Ali we're going to go to you and kick things off at the quarterback position
0: yeah, so we'll we'll talk about Jared Goff. Obviously, he had a really decent season in 2022. Um, so what what get your guys thoughts on what, what your confidence level is in Jared Goff in terms of dynasty? Um, do you think he is the Lions' long term starter? Um, and then with that, with his value, is he is he a buy or is he a sell for you?
3: Chef, can I start because I'm like the biggest Jared Goff fan. <laughs> like, the Lions. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I love Jared Goff. I think he's great. And as far as if he's a long term starter, I don't know. Is Hendon Hooker really a threat to Jared Goff? If you ask Zach, one of our crew members, um, he'll tell you, I didn't watch a single second of Hendon Hooker. Yet here's why you should draft him. Um, I like Jared Goff, and I think the Detroit Lions like Jared Goff more than fantasy players do. Here's the thing that we all need to remember as fantasy players and dynasty players specifically is this. The NFL does not care what you think about their teams. They build their franchises to win. We have to adapt to what the NFL does. If you don't do that, you're mid, as the kids say. I don't know. That's a thing. We didn't say that when I was younger. (laughs) You're just going to be a middle-of-the-pack team. Jared Goff puts up good fantasy points. He was able to support Amon Ross St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson when he was there, a bunch of other wide receivers. He was able to support those guys. He was able to check the ball down to DeAndre Swift. I have no problem with Jared Goff as a long-term start. As a matter of fact, I won a league last year with Jared Goff and Geno Smith as my two starting quarterbacks. I obviously went heavy at other skill positions. So to me, Jared Goff is a good punt the quarterback type guy, as you can call it. And I think Jared Goff is good enough where even if he's not the long-term start in Detroit, he is better than other starters elsewhere. Let's just say Detroit's like what they see at of hen in Hooker, and they're like, we're going to move on. I could tell you right now he could go to Tampa Bay. And be an upgrade. If Aaron Rodgers decides to pack it in, he's a upgrade over Zach Wilson. And there's going to be other places too. There's uncertainty about uh, Mac Jones in New England. So there's there's places he could go. Somebody gets hurt, he goes in and fills in. I like Jared Goff. I'm all aboard. And if you follow him on Instagram, follow his fiance too, so you know that Jared Goff is winning on and off the field. He's doing all right. Jared Goff's doing fine. I'm I'm all in. I'm holding. I'm holding or buying if I can. The answer
2: question. So now we know what Mike's an actual fan of Jared Goff, it sounds like.
3: <laughs> Whatever it takes. And you know, the funny thing is, as an Eagles fan, we all thought that in 2016, when him and Carson Wentz were drafted, Wentz would be the guy. Now he's unemployed. We did get a Super Bowl out of it, so I'm, I'm happy. But Jared Goff, fire him up. Yeah, I'm
2: on I'm, I'm the same boat. I think for the next two years, I feel pretty safe with him being in Detroit. I mean, last year, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 4,438 yards, like 65% completion. Like, did a heck of a job. We just have to know, like, his ceiling is not up with these other guys. It's just never going to be because that rushing upside is not there. It's just never going to happen with him. So you have to just realize, like, you know, I'm hoping to get, like, a top 10 or a 10 spot. Like, I'm not going to be top five. There's probably no chance it's probably going to happen. So just have to be realistic. But – like, last year, this team sucked defensively. Like, Jared Goff went kind of off. I'm going to read you guys the scores of last season. I and mean, he put his team in good positions. So, Jared Goff's team scored 35, the other team 38, 36 to 27, 24 to 28, 45 to 48. This was a bad one. 0 to 29, 6 to 24, 27 to 31, 31 to 30. I mean – Teams were putting up massive points on these guys, and they were somewhat sticking around. So I think he's pretty safe. He played well last season. It's not like he just kept turning the ball over, throwing interceptions. He 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions. The run game was great, which helped him, but I honestly think he's a buy. Like Mike said, he won with Geno Smith and Jared Goff. Like Mike probably didn't see that happening in the beginning of like right before the season started. Did not probably see that, but they both played well. I think Jared Goff is a good piece to go get for like maybe like a QB two, QB three, probably at best. And I, I really like what he has in that office. I mean, they're they're giving him some pieces as well to work with.
3: Only uh, eleven turnovers last year as well, seven interceptions and yeah. four fumbles yeah. lost. So he's not a guy that really puts the ball in bad positions a lot. Mm-hmm. And just lo- he, I'm looking at his game logs from last year. He had one clunker, and it was against the the Packers only threw for 137 yards, but he still did have two touchdowns at least. So aside from that, there was one other one against the Giants. Uh, looks like they ran the ball a lot, 165 yards. But everything else was pretty good. I mean, you could pencil him in. Like Chev said, your floor is really safe with Jared Goff. And sometimes that's okay to build your rosters around guys like that. I have no problem with that at all.
1: Yeah, no, you both made some some great points. Clearly, Mark as well. I've got to add the, the wife hotness into, into the data point as well when, I, when I'm going through my quarterback evaluations because that it clearly matters, plays right a big man. part. It matters. Exactly. If, you, if on you're on happy that. off like, the field, it shows on
3: the field, surely. If it. you evaluate me and you add wife hotness into the equation, <laughs> I all of a sudden go up a couple of inches. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
1: Yeah, and Ali, have you got any final thoughts on, on Jared Goff? I think we're all in a, a similar boat here in saying that, that Goff's took a, a big step forward last year and maybe we're not giving him the, the props that he deserves and maybe the future outlooks better than we we think, even if it's not with Detroit, then I think maybe he's got more opportunity than maybe we're giving him credit for. So are you in a, a similar boat mm-hmm. with, with Jared Goff?
0: He's just a, a good guy to root for. He's just a nice guy off on the field, off the field. And what he produced, as you mentioned, with that that trash defence last year in Detroit. I think a lot of people, even if they're not Detroit fans or Jared Goff owners, they root for the Lions. They root for Goff to do well. And personally, he won me a bit of money in DFS last year with that stack <laughs> with Eamon Rice-St. Brown because nice. he was always underpriced and them games were popping off. So, yeah, I think the the ceiling is still there for Jared Goff to have a really good 2023. Um, and then they're talking about an extension for Goff. So if they get that done, secure him for another couple of years. Um, yeah, why not? He's, he's certainly a great quarterback too to have. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. And obviously, we spoke about this offense and Dragoff and, and how he carried it last year, but. Uh, there's not just Jared Goff involved in this offensive. There's a load of weapons. Obviously, they added some some new younger weapons this year, but the, the offence as a whole is quite young. But the the big addition this off was Jameer Gibbs. Um, the, the fact that they took him so early in the NFL draft, I think that shocked a lot of people. But clearly, they, they think very highly of, of Jameer Gibbs. And, and you look at him in terms of fantasy and where he's currently ranked, he's gone right up there as the RB5 on, on keep trade cut. So, I just want to know what you guys think about this landing spot. How do you think his role plays out in 2023? Obviously, DeAndre Swift moving on, does he just fit into a a light for light role of what DeAndre Swift has? And and do you think that's that's what we're looking at a pass catching money back? Or do you think maybe there's there's even more to him than than what we're we're expecting at this moment in time um in this offense?
2: Yeah, and I think I think he's gonna be great. When we first scouted him, I would say like the passing, that's the main thing I'm looking at. The rushing to me is the bonus that I'm gonna be getting with him because he's so good pass routes. Like, he runs so many good routes. He's such a good asset. He's got soft hands. Like, anything after the pass catching, I'm going to be happy with. It's just going to be bonus for me. And he's a good rusher. It's not like he's a bad rusher. He's good at that. So, I I think he's going to be a really solid back for the Lions. I don't know if he'll get to top five this season with uh, uh, Montgomery there. Things gonna be a little tougher because I think they like using two running backs to keep them a little more fresh, which makes total sense because that's what the whole NFL is doing now at this point. But he has a lot of upside in dynasty. I mean, the guy is just incredible PPR magnet, man. Like he's a guy you want on your roster and just be very happy with what you get because he's gonna catch probably six to seven passes each game, possibly. Like that is an actual possibility for the dump downs from Jared Goff. So I'm super excited about Jameer Gibson. He has so much talent. He's a fast guy too, so I think it's going to be great. I just think it's going to be a little tough for him in the beginning, just because you have a guy like Montgomery who he's not no he's not no slouch. Like he's a good running back that can pound on for a second.
3: I don't love or hate RB five. I get it, but so I brought up DLF's um, Superflex ADP, and they have him at. Running back eleven, which to me feels a little bit more right. I mean, obviously, a lot of people like keep trade cut. I just can't get the the layout of the website. I don't know. I'm old. Um, so just looking at it, like ahead of him on DLF, you got Bijan Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey, Kenneth Walker, Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, and Austin Eckler. Honestly, the only people I would probably take out of that is Austin Eckler because there's a lot of uncertainty if is he going to play this year. He's taking a lot of hits. Um, I would probably take kenneth walker out of there with zach charbonnet coming to town maybe saquon barkley still hasn't signed that franchise tag and christian mccaffrey scares the crap out of me because he's taking so much abuse so i would say i'd put him in like the top eight but there's other guys that i'm not going to reach on jameer gibbs if i'm in a startup draft i'm going to take players like jonathan taylor Brees hall saquon barkley Najah Harris, Josh Jacobs, I'm going to take these guys over him because they're still young enough where they're going to give me production for a while. Look, Jonathan Taylor is 24 years old, and let's be real. Who do you want on your team? Jonathan Taylor or Jameer Gibbs? Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I want, I want Jonathan Taylor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everyone said he's not a pass catching back. We all say what we all hear about Jameer Gibbs. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. We've seen it time and time again. These guys getting in the NFL, and they're completely different from what it's speculated to be. Chev's right. He's a great receiver. I think he's a very good and very underrated runner, too. Um, I like him. I don't like him at running back five, to be honest with you. But I am a Jameer Gibbs fan. I think the spot's good. I'm also a big Bilo and David Montgomery guy, too. I think he's going to have a really good role. There's Don't expect like the Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift from last year. It's going to mm-hmm. look completely different. I think it's going to be effective for both players, though. I'm really excited to to see what the lines are this year. Who, why you guys have me on here talking about NFC North teams? Ten <laughs> o'clock on a Saturday morning, seven o'clock chef's time. <laughs> why bring me on to talk about the Eagles, man? Come on. Give me I, I'm up. a Bears
2: <laughs> fan. You don't have you don't get the choice. This is BS for me. I got to talk about the two teams I hate. I know. So, like oh, it's seven o'clock
3: here. <laughs> Who do you think wins the NFC North this year? I I got to be honest with you. I think the Lions have a good shot to win the hmm. NFC North. Really. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I agree. Lions, and uh, it's going to be a showdown between Lions and Vikings, really.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Absolutely. Well, it's good to know that that, that, that his guests aren't happy with the slot that we've given him here. They've given us (laughs) us the (laughs) pellet.
3: I'm not happy. I'm happy to be here with with you guys. (laughs) I'm happy about that
1: you can't please everyone and obviously we know kev he sets all this up he's got his ocd we had to start with the eagles at the, at the top of Who the show
3: show sheet is what i want to know because this must have taken forever
1: <laughs> again that's all kev's hand but um talking to Kev, it's probably a good thing Ali, that we've not got Kev on at this moment in time because kev's super high in jamaica he's got him as the they all be two currently in dynasty so Kev is, is definitely in on Jameer Gibbs. And luckily, because Mike, Mike's waiting Mike, to chomp never stepped Kevin. on the field. <laughs> and, and Kev's getting away with this one. But Ali, I know you're pretty high on him as well. Maybe not quite as high as what, what Kev is. But do you see it as a similar way? Do you think it's going to maybe be a, a slow start for Gibbs? He's just going to be the more of the pass catching back. And like, like Shev mentioned, there's, he's going to be sprinkled in as a, as a runner. But I think that the main part is going to be that receiving game.
0: Yeah I think the good thing with Gibbs is he doesn't have to be an every down work back workhorse yeah. to to have a, a specialized role in the NFL and be productive. He perhaps only needs 50% 40% of the work of the work to get to be really productive on this offense. You think about the offensive line and how good the offensive line is for the Lions. I think it's going to create lots of holes for Gibbs. Um, Montgomery's going to be the early down guy and Gibbs is going to be the guy that um, runs through the holes Is going to be playing in the slot catching the balls. Catch, so PPR um I think he's going to be really valuable. So I do have him as RB5 in Dynasty, but I don't think he's going to produce as RB5 straight away. Love it.
1: And I love seeing, we've got the show sheet up and seeing, seeing Matt there, putting a little a little love letter to Kev when he, when he comes out and sees that. <laughs> not on, so I've got to be like,
3: yourself. <laughs> Uh, and I mean,
1: I should keep the show around, but I will let you into a secret, Mike. Kev was a little cautious about letting you have access to, to the show. She, she was worried about what you might do. So, I mean, you've you well, put a little note on him for you there. Let's, let's see how he responds lovely. to that. But, well, but well. We, we better move on. Kev's not here to defend himself. So, Ali, we'll go back to you and, and talk about the other running back we've mentioned him briefly. But let's talk a little bit more about Montgomery.
0: Yeah, so Montgomery moved, moved across to the Lions. So, he's gone from sharing the backfield um, with DeAndre Swift. Um, tw- to 12th pick in the draft, Jameer Gibbs, so obviously who we've just talked about. So what sort of role do you think Montgomery will have on the Lions and at running back 33 on keep trade cut? Is he a, is he a sneaky buy for you too?
3: Oh, yeah. Get, sign me up. You need guys like this on your roster. He's going to come in. He's going to be productive. I have no problem. I'm, I'm looking to actively acquire David Montgomery wherever I can. People love to hate on him. He's been a productive player in the league. Sign me up running back 33. He's going to outperform that easily. I think he's probably like uh, running back twenty twenty one. And what you're going to pay to get him, I'm on board, 100%.
2: Yeah, and like you guys said, like the offensive line is pretty stinking good now. They've done a lot of rebuilding there, and it's yeah. that's how you should rebuild your team. Start in the trenches and work your way out. That's the way to go about it. You know, we saw Jamal Williams last year just go absolutely bonkers with touchdowns in the red zone, and, you know, I think – In some capacity, it's going to be sort of like the Jamal Williams role where, you know, first and second down, you can pound it a little bit, make them fear the run, and then do whatever you want after that. I think that's sort of what's going to happen with uh, Montgomery. I mean, it was fun to have him on the Bears. He was always a great player. He's a guy that, you know, he busts his butt. He's got good contact balance. I just remember there was a picture of him, like, at Ohio – or not Ohio State, Iowa State – it was like Saquon Barkley just named off like a bunch of randomly good players that was like yeah. his comps, like feet was this, feet was that, power was this. Like It was just like the best players in the NFL. Everybody hated him. I think because of that, they just had too high of expectations, honestly. And RB33 is insane to me. I, I mean, I know we're using a lot of two running back schemes now in the NFL, and but RB33 I think is a little too low for him. If you can get him cheap – I am going to acquire him a lot this upcoming year, especially, I mean, DLF. I'm sure he's going to be super cheap with Jameer Gibbs being a 12-take, too, so, and best ball. I mean, I, I would love to have him around RB33. I'd be thrilled to get him there.
1: Yeah, no, I I fully agree with you. I think that the price where he's going is he's going around those guys that are are more just handcuffs where David Montgomery's got a role. And I think even beyond that, if if anything were to happen to me, Jameer Gibbs, obviously we we don't wish for injury, but if anything were to happen, if he were to go down, We've already seen in production from David Montgomery, both in the running and the receiving game. Now, I'm not saying he's anywhere near a Jameer Gibbs, but we, he's, he's shown that he can be productive in in the receiving game as well. And obviously, Chevin, you know that better than anyone. Oh, yeah. Being being a Bears fan, so I think it's somebody to be really excited about. Not just because it he can, he's going to have a role anyway in this in this offense. But were anything to happen, he's better than a handcuff. He's somebody that's got production early, but can. It it can be the lead back in this in this offense behind a, a great O line like we've mentioned with a, a quarterback that's not not scared to to pass the ball to his running back either. So I think Montgomery is probably for me one of the the best buys right now in in terms of dynasty for the fact that people are now scared because Jameer Gibbs has has come in. So yeah, I absolutely yeah. love that for for David Montgomery. Al, have you got any final thoughts before we move on to to the wide receivers?
0: No, I'm sure. Uh, there are people with, that see Jameer Gibbs land there and just think Montgomery's not going to have a role. I think the two my two favourite moves in terms of runner-backs was Miles Sanders moving to Carolina and, and Montgomery moving to the Lions. I think both of them are good values right now. And um, Jameer Gibbs going there probably makes Montgomery even more of a value than he was beforehand. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one final thing before we do move on, Mike, I've got to give you a bit of praise here as well, because when we had you on our show, we actually briefly spoke about Montgomery when Kev was talking about rookie picks. And you was asking, would you throw a, a mid-second to, to get a David Montgomery in at the time? Obviously, it was before the NFL draft. And Kev was, and, and I think myself as well, we're excited by this upcoming class. But you mentioned about going after a guy like that, like a Miles Sanders. And obviously now at this point in time, it probably looks like great value. with the, yeah. the, this, the this bit of a It's been a bit of an upset in terms of this class I think overall I think the hype was was massive back then and now it's kind of died out a little bit so yeah I'll just give you a little bit of a little bit of props there Kev wouldn't have done that after you put that that love letter <laughs> on him but, but I'll, I'll give you your flowers Mike that was that yeah, was, I was a gonna get p- over it man <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but that that was a great shout back when we when we had you on Thank recently you. but but with that we'll we'll move on to to the wide receivers and I think we've got to start with Amon Ross St. Brown when he when he came into the NFL I think some people liked him as a sleeper but I don't think anyone was truly truly a, a diehard fan of his I think he was a guy that was slipping in rookie drafts seeing him go late second and in, in quite a lot even later than that in, in some but really showed some flashes in his rookie season and then last year really built upon that i was somebody that was quite quite sceptical on him, didn't think, I thought it was all down to the opportunity that he had as a, as a rookie, but he proved me completely wrong this past season, backing up, finished as the, the wide receiver seven. Um, but we do know that, that, that the, the the Lions continue to to add weapons to to this offense. We've obviously mentioned Jameer Gibbs. We've got last year's first round wide receiver, Jameson Williams returning after the suspension that is obviously going to serve to to start the year. So I just want to know with Amon Ross St. Brown, have you got any pause for thought with that added competition that's that's now coming in? Looking at his ADP is going around the the wide receiver seven. Are you still happy to to pay that kind of price for Amon St. Brown? Or do you think now is probably the time to to maybe jump off and go to somebody that's maybe a little bit more established in, in the NFL?
3: Why stop doing what's working, Chef? Right? Yeah. Go ahead. You go first. I, I love this. Ah. I want to bring up some more stats, but
2: Big stat guy here, and he's going to follow your Twitter wipes, apparently. But, (laughs) yeah, I love Amon Ross Brown. I was in the same boat last year. I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to trade him for a first. People are giving that up for him, so I'm going to get that. And now I regret that completely because he's such a good value. He's such a good wide receiver. He bets on himself. I mean, a lot of the wide receivers in Detroit apparently bet on themselves, it sounds like. <laughs> but, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> <love that. laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I could see him still being a top 12 wide receiver, even with all these pieces that are coming in. We might see a little regression, especially with Jameer Gibbs coming in. He's going to be doing a lot of pass catching work, it sounds like, even out of, like, the wide receiver slots and the slots and whatnot. But I-, I still think he's a top 12 guy. I mean, the amount of targets that he gets and the productive targets, like – He's a guy that you can count on every single week. You throw him in your wide wide receiver position and you're happy. You look back at the end of the week, you're like, Yep, I'll St. Brown did it again. And you know, I was not expecting that. I was thinking, you know, a little regression. But he did it. I mean, he's made he's he's made everybody look a little bit wrong in the NFL and in fantasy. So and that's a that's a guy I want. I want a guy that has a little edge to him too, that like wants to be the best. And you can see that he's he's a he's a fiery guy and He's proven that, Yeah, hey, I'm I'm a dude. I'm going to be here for a while. And 146 targets last season, that's something to get excited about.
3: They didn't really bring in a lot of competition, if you think about it. DeAndre Swift is gone and replaced with Jameer Gibbs. So that's even. Look at who I mean, we know Jameson Williams is going to be back, and having another good wide receiver across from you just pulls coverage off you and gives you more opportunities. And they brought in Sam Laporta. It's gonna open things up too. Let's look at the rest of the Lions wide receiving depth chart, shall we? for <laughs> this. We got my man Josh Reynolds hanging out, Marvin Jones, Antone Green, Trinity Benson, Khalif Raymond. Kayton Thompson, Maurice Alexander, Tom Kennedy, Dylan Drummond, and Chase Coda. So we got a lot of guys who are going to be in the USFL or XFL in a couple of years. And then we have Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones, and Jameson Williams. I'm not worried about it. Good players elevate themselves. They elevate their games. Amin Rob St. Brown has done nothing but get better, better in his two years in the NFL. I mean, look at last year, 1,161 yards and six touchdowns. You want that on your roster. I'm fine with paying that. Realistically, these new guys come in. You could probably get them for a little bit cheaper than wide receiver seven price, I would imagine. But sign me up. I'm on board with Amin Ross. Who knew at this point? We've been football fans a long time. We're like, I want all these Lions players. Like, that doesn't seem. <laughs> Here we are. They were the top five <laughs>
2: offense last year, man, in yards yeah. and points, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. That, I mean, if the defense figured it out, they would have definitely been a playoff team. I mean, you have to score 50 points a game in the first six weeks, it looks like. But they tried. They were there. They had a lot of games where they just lost by a field goal, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Every single week, I was yeah. looking at the red zone. And, up oh, here goes the Lions about to lose on a field goal. And they made it. He made a <laughs> 75-yard field goal. I mean, it was like insane last year what was happening to them. Kicking in a dome,
3: that's what it'll do for you, man. Yeah,
2: I guess you guys switch it up.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and Mike, yeah, he made some some great points with the additions. Gibbs is kind of like a like for like swap of of um, DeAndre Swift, and then uh, Jameson Williams when he comes in. I wouldn't say he's going to be a volume guy; he's probably more of the the deep fit. That's probably going to be even better for Ross St. Brown in opening <clears> up, <throat> up that, that that the opposing defenses, making it a little softer for him as well. So you could argue that maybe his situation could actually be even better when when Jameson Williams is, is back. So, yeah, um, yeah Ali, should we move on to to the next wide receiver? Obviously, we just touched on on Jameson Williams.
0: Yeah, just because with Eamon Ross St. Brown, I ended up on that fantasy receipts page because I <laughs> said that Eamon Ross St. Brown was the biggest sell in Dynasty last offseason. So that obviously didn't go very well. So we'll talk about <laughs> talk about the other wide receiver and tight end. So there's a couple of questions, starting with Jameson Williams. So you've been the hyped up man who's really barely seen any targets in the NFL and won't hit the field now until what, week seven? Mm-hmm. So are you two still believers in Jameson Williams, or would you rather still, would you rather cash in on him while his, his value is still relatively high? Um, and then going with Sam Laporta. uh, actually let's just go with Williams, Williams to start off with, um, are you two believers in Williams still?
2: I have absolutely hated how his season is, or his seasons have started, man. You get caught mm-hmm. gambling or doing something stupid, something so stupid. You lose six games of your season. You already didn't have a good rookie year because you were injured and you were a gunner on punter for whatever reason. They spent all that draft capital on him to go be a gunner. I, I hate it so far. I'm absolutely destroyed. I love Jamison Williams when he was coming out. I thought he had so much potential on the deep threat and inside. Like I thought that was gonna be so great for Jared Goff as well. I mean, that's another piece for Jared Goff that hasn't even been tapped into yet. But I've absolutely hated it. I think you can sell him if you're not super thrilled with what's going on so far. You have nothing to really believe in at this point, but uh, if you watch the tape, you know how incredible of a player he is. He's a guy that can make plays. He's a guy that is just absolutely incredible. I can see it going either way. I can see owners just absolutely tired of it, but also I I see the upside, so I'm kind of trying to still hang on and wait it out because I think there is a good chance him and Amara are going to feed off each other and I mean they can't guard everybody in that offense so it's, I think it's still a good piece but I can see where people are like yeah get me out of this situation you can still sell pretty hot I, I, I still think that window is still there to do so
3: yeah sell 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 wide receiver 26 on DLF We'll call him the Drake London of the Detroit Lions because he's overhyped and he's done nothing. Drake London, yeah. your wide receiver 31 for last year, everybody. Round of applause. Let's look at who's going after him that I would rather have. Jerry Judy, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dodson, uh, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Mike Evans. These are guys that I will take over. I will trade Jameson Williams away for these players plus assets, okay? Sometimes the best way to improve your team is to get rid of your best players or your most overvalued players. Chev's right. If you're if you're playing special teams, unless it's a, a league that you get yardage for being a gunner or kick or turn yards, we have one catch last year for 41 yards, suspended the first six games of this year. What are you doing for me? I want him off my roster. I want certainty. I want safety. That's what I want on my team. So I love Jameson Williams, loves what he potentially brings to the table. But until we see it, I have to move on. You can always buy a player back at another time. Unless it's Justin Jefferson, then people are just out of their minds.
1: <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I was just like "Shevin, in the fact that I really liked him as a, as a prospect coming in. Ali, I know you were the same as well. We both really liked Jameson Williams. And, and you was kind of drafting him in your rookie drafts, knowing that this first year was going to be rough. But it's been worse than rough it's been worse than what we even expected obviously we knew we had to wait with the injury but when he came back we saw little glimpses but never really holding it down towards the back end of the year and then like you mentioned the fact that he's now gone and got himself suspended for another six games it's just like it's just hard to to buy into to the fact that James was going to be what we we hoped and we felt like we could wait and hold and we were going to stick to the process of we like him as a prospect and what he can be but we're now getting to the point where it's becoming really tough to to keep backing on him and like Mike mentioned there's he's got to that point now in in his value where it's been a rough start but yeah you can still trade him for for these guys that are far more productive in, in the NFL that you can get them plus an asset on top as well it feels like um, this is a, a good time to maybe move off him. I think the hype's gonna build obviously when the, the suspension's getting closer to being over and people are gonna start buying back into him. So maybe that's the, the key time to move off him. But yeah, I'll just say that I'm probably less optimistic as what I was maybe when he came in in as a prospect. Ali, are you the, the same as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the only chance that you trade for him is if, if you're given up in a in a re if you're in a rebuild and you're giving up an Amari Cooper or something, more aging wide receiver. Um, and you're giving up, um, yeah, him and getting Jameson Williams knowing that he's not going to be on your roster for the first six games. I think that's the only way you trade for him. Um, yeah, the, it's it's just, it's really annoying because we were both really high on what he can do, yeah. the speed. He's an absolute yeah. burner and um, just really exciting. And we've just not seen any of it so far. So, um, yeah, hurry, hurry up mid season and we can see him on the field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Sam Laporta as well, Ali. Have you got a question for the guys on, on Sam Laporta?
0: Yeah, just a real quick one. It's he was surprised me really on how high they they took him in the NFL draft. Obviously, before Michael Mayer went. Um, so where does he rank in terms of your rookie tight end rankings? Have you been taking many shares of Laporte, or is he someone that you guys are interested in 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 Dynasty? Sort of taking that um, T.J. Hawkinson role in this offense.
3: I love him.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, love him. we love this guy. At the Dice rewind. But I think one of the main reasons why we really liked him is like his ADP was like. Forty-six player off the board back when we were talking about him. So now that he's getting drafted so early, mm-hmm. that sucks. I, it hurts my soul to watch him get drafted so early because I really wanted to grab him late and be that guy that you know make that pick worth it. Because we saw the potential, we saw that, and I had him third at tight end. I had him like .14 on my like scouting behind Mayer, so pretty close to Mayer. Man, I love what he can do. He's a physical dude. He's a guy that if he gets the ball in his hands, he's going to run you over. He's going to do his best to get as many stinking yards as he can. And, you know, the best thing about him for me is he finds ways to get open all over the field. And he's a guy Mm -hmm. that can go up and make the big plays. So that's probably my favorite thing about him. He just finds ways to win. He's a smart route runner. He knows where the soft spots are in the defense. And that's really what I love about him. He just knows where to go. He's smart. He plays well. He's physical like – He's just a guy that is going to get you points. Now he's in the offense with a bunch of dudes that are going to get you points. But I think, you know, tight ends take a while. Expectations for me is, you know, first few years might not be great, but that third year rolls around, things are going to start popping off for him, I think. I think he does find a T.J. Hawkinson role. Good for T.J. Hawkinson, too, going to the spot, just getting absolutely peppered with targets. But, yeah, we we love Sam LaPorta, big Sam LaPorta
3: guys. Yeah, good for TJ Hawkinson going somewhere where he's going to lose in the first round of the playoffs every year. Um, <laughs> I like Sam I have him graded out the same as Michael Mayer's. Uh, luke musgrave and luke Schoenmacher. i know it's not pronounced Schoenmacher, but in pennsylvania that's how we would say the last names <laughs> that's head. you should all be thanking us for watching iowa's offense so you don't have to spencer uh, yeah. petrus was terrible he moved on i think Iowa might have some semblance of a offense from this millennia but uh sam laporta fantastic guy chev i actually disagree with you with one fact i think he uh-huh. could be more relevant sooner than three years sure. they have a need there sure. and again going back to their depth chart just looking at it after laporta it's brock right? james mitchell who nate and i were a fan of and then three other guys that i'd never heard of so i do think that there's there's potential that year one he's maybe like a low to mid tight end too and then it's just going on from there they thought very highly of him you know he was a second round draft pick that means something draft capital matters so does landing spot so I'm all aboard the same LaPorta train. Um, I don't have any – I've only done two rookie drafts so far. I don't have any shares yet. This hasn't happened for me, but I'm going to keep trying for sure.
1: Yeah, no, and I'm sure you'll succeed because, yeah, like you said, I think we're all quite high on LaPorta. So um, it's going to be great to see what you can do. And, and like you mentioned, Mike, I think it can be sooner than what maybe some people are, mm-hmm. are expecting Absolutely. with that that death chart, especially at, at tight end. So with that, we, we better move on now to, to the Packers. Um, obviously we, we've got to kick things off at the quarterback position and for every every year beyond this we've we spoke about Aaron Rodgers but finally we get to talk about a different quarterback Jordan loves finally yeah. getting his opportunity exactly thank God after being selected in the first round we're finally getting to see um, what he can do it's been three years in the way and we've seen little glimpses of it he's, he's is his his couple of opportunities here and there and we've had different results when he has, has, has had his number called but as I mentioned with Rodgers being traded he is now the locked in start of 2023 so just the, the burning question, I think everybody's asking at the minute, and what would you consider a successful season for, for Jordan Love? Obviously, he was kind of selected as that developmental quarterback. He's had his time sat behind Aaron Rodgers now. So what would you consider a, a successful year for for Jordan Love? And is he somebody that you'd be comfortable having as your, your QB2 in, in Superflex? Or is that maybe a little bit too rich? Because just looking at his ADPs going around that, quarterback 17 range so you're likely having to get him as as your qb2 in in superflex so yeah where you're at what would you consider a success
3: so for me i think you probably drafted him late so he's probably (laughs) your quarterback three if you drafted him i'd feel more comfortable with that than my quarterback two that being said depending on how my roster shakes out how i built it in a startup you could make it work for me success would be like if he does thirty five hundred yards 22 touchdowns and like eight interceptions i'm gonna be all on board with that hey let's not forget yeah we haven't seen much in his limited time. Aaron Rodgers started a couple games here and there. Didn't look too great. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> yeah. started that one game, and he was kind of eh. They turned out fine. So I think Jordan Love's going to be fine. I do want to say I hate the fact that the Green Bay Packers are like, we had that four-time NFL MVP. He could do it himself. New guy comes in, oh, let's give him all the weapons. <laughs> <to do." laughs> like Aaron Rodgers probably like, really, guys? Come on, man. That's, I get it. If he wants out because of that, completely understand but I'm on board the Jordan Love train by all means. I think he's give the guy a shot, right? And I'm glad that the Packers are doing it instead of just deciding to move on. I'm sure Chev's like I wish they would have just signed someone else. Someone hey, worse.
2: I, I am totally fine with this. As long as Aaron Rodgers is out of my life, he has, he has absolutely tormented me for 15 Arsenal years. owner of
3: the Chicago Bears.
2: It was it a was ugly. It's been so bad. He's a, yeah, he's a part owner of the Bears. Hopefully he buys in and does some building of a new stadium. But, you know, with Jordan Love, you know, I'm not, like, super excited for him. I, it's a hard situation to come into. You know, he, Devontae, if Devontae Adams is there, I'd be a little bit more excited. You have a bunch of young wide receivers, a bunch of young guys that are coming into this offense, which is a little tough. That's why I think they're going to rely on the run a little bit more. I, I said I'd be happy if he threw 3,000 yards and just had more touchdowns and interceptions because, you know, there's, there's going to be a learning curve with the first year starting. Like, it's going to be a little tougher. You know, I think he did the best decision he could have done. They didn't want to pick up his fifth-year option, so they signed him to, like, a cheaper deal. If I was him, I'm signing that thre- thing right off the printer. When I print that, that thing is getting signed because you haven't done anything yet. You really haven't. Had to do much to get this contract, so get your money while you can. If you have a bad season, you did all right. But you know, I, I think he's a, he's a good player. But I just have my worries that you know he hasn't played much. Young team around him. Like, how are they gonna play this upcoming year? Is it gonna be grounded and pound and just hope we don't have to throw as much as we used to? And I think they wanted to do that in the first place, but. They built around that defense a little bit more this, this last year as well. So I, I don't know. I am worried about Jordan Love. I'm not as high as on him as everybody else. I wouldn't want him as my QB, 2 I'd be really worried if that was the point. QB three, I'm not, not upset, but I have my worries about Jordan Love. He's a guy that could get replaced, in, in my opinion, if something doesn't go well this year.
3: Could happen, for sure
1: yeah no i fully agree and you mentioned obviously that they've brought in some weapons ala this is kind of a british term but you'd say it's brilliant shithousery by by the packers obviously taking all these weapons when they've had Aaron Rodgers with no weapons and now they're kind of saying a middle finger to Aaron rogers and let's get mm-hmm. some weapons but Chev, you made a great point the weapons are young they're, they're unproven weapons so Maybe it's not as ideal situation as what you, you might hope for. Obviously, you look at guys like Bryce Young coming in and CJ Stroud, where they've got maybe that little bit more established wide receivers to, to throw to. Whereas Jordan Love, I know obviously he's not a rookie, but he's an experienced in, in the NFL and he's now got to, to play with these young guys. But we're going to talk about some of the, the other guys, but there's some veterans in there that can definitely help him out and some of the younger guys that have already played and, and showed us some, something in the NFL. So Ali, we'll go to you with your, your running back question.
0: Yeah, so to talk about Aaron Jones seems to have been on the Packers forever now. Um if you do own Aaron Jones in Dynasty as he's getting up there, thinking think what is he twenty-seven years old, gone twenty-eight? Are you looking to sell for what you can this offseason or are you willing to hold on to him right now and let him age out on your roster? Um looking at the contract, there's plenty of money still owed to him over the next two years. So is he still a good option in Dynasty or does it does it depend on where you are in Dynasty? Are you a contender? Are you are you wanting Aaron Jones is he a buy candidate for because he's cheap? Um, yeah, so whereabouts you with, with Aaron Jones?
3: Chef, what are you doing with Aaron Jones? Buying, selling, holding?
0: Hey, you know, I like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is a guy that's
2: actually dominated me in fantasy football championships. It seems like every time I play yeah. him in the championship, he <laughs> drops like 40, and it, it's <laughs> incredible Alex. what he does. Uh, you know, he's a Packers. He's a backup player, too. That doesn't help. But, you know, I, I like him to start the season. If I have him and I'm a competitor, I'm really excited. I think, like I said, I think they're going to run the ball a good amount. I mean, he's a good pass catching back as well. So, it's a good drop-down option for Jordan Love, something safe for him to get into. You know, if I have him and I'm, I'm holding him until the season starts, I'm I'm going to let that hype build for him in season where he has a few big games and then I might ship them off if I'm going to sell them. I don't think his value right now is, like, incredible. So once people see that, you know, hey, he's playing pretty well, they're going to go attack and try to get him and get him on his, on their offense for fantasy. So that's probably what I would do. I wouldn't sell him now would wait a little bit. But, you know, I, I, I would be probably pretty fine letting him die on my roster if I'm a contender because I think he he is going to get a lot of touch. He's going to get some volume this year. And, you know, they're not slouches on the offensive line. They're, they can do some work there still. So I think he's still a good player. I would try to sell him honestly uh, after a few games and be done with him since he is 27 about to be 28. I would get rid of him. but you know there's still some still some good years I think left in his in his contract for him to play well for fantasy football.
3: Yeah, the, I think the question is Chev's absolutely right. If you're selling him now, what are you going to get for him? He actually is 28 already, so even worse, 28.3 yeah. according to DLF. Mm-hmm. you have to hold until the season starts. And then you try to get a younger running back. Like if if he has a couple good games right off the gate and you can get him for like Rashad White plus, I'd be comfortable with something like that. Um, but you're not going to get much for him right now. You're just not. I mean, because if you try to move him right now, 28-year-old running back in a timeshare with A.J. Dillon with a first-time starting quarterback, huge question marks. People are going to be like, I'll give you a third-round pick for him. And at that price, you just put him in your starting lineup and you hope for the best so um hold until you can sell for more is what i would say to do but i do like the talent just got to see it uh, with jordan love
0: so yeah. just a, a quick follow-up so which which of the two running backs do you prefer in, in dynasties aaron jones or is it aj Dillon, slightly slightly younger guy
3: <sighs> i guess aj Dillon long-term aaron jones <laughs> and Matt, i don't know sometimes the right answer is neither to be honest <laughs> with you <laughs> yeah. to look elsewhere. Like when Zach Ertz was with the eagles you know people would be like ertz or goddard and i'd be like just go somewhere else i don't know Sometimes <laughs> either is the, the best answer uh, but i think aj dylan for me right now uh, would be the answer long term overall
1: yeah now obviously it's a bit of an unknown weight with aaron Rodgers and, and jordan love but i did mention he's like the only real established receiving weapon in this offense we've touched upon there's a lot of yeah. inexperience here and aaron, aaron jones is the one that has actually been there and, and done it and like you mentioned chevy's he's shown that he can be a capable pass catcher. So if Jordan Love does fall in love with him, um, excuse the, the term love and love there, but um, if he does fall in, in love with him, then yeah, maybe there could be something good there, especially in, in PPR leagues. But like you mentioned, it feels like a, a real win now move if you have got Aaron Jones. And I think if you're in anything apart from a, a win now position, you, you've got to be looking to, yeah. to move off. And I probably do like what you two both mentioned and maybe just wait a little bit, wait to those first few games and hope that it has those big games and then maybe look to to move off to to an RB needed team. But and um, with that, we, we better move on to, to the wide receivers. And as I mentioned, it's quite a young core of wide receivers, but there's one guy that really stood out last year coming in as a rookie, had that really impressive stretch between week 10 and week 13, averaging 23 fantasy points per game. He was averaging two touchdowns per game during that stretch. So um, he, he had a nose for the, for the end zone as well. But then it seemed to cool down a little bit and at a crucial stage as well for us fantasy players in that fantasy playoff stretch. He kind of didn't really do too much, and it was a shame. Obviously, going from the the amazingness of weeks ten to thirteen to to what he gave us in in the fantasy playoffs. But I'm interested to you know we, we've talked about Jordan Love, and and obviously now he's, he's going to to have him as his starting quarterback. Is that a, a big negative for you in in terms of Christian Watson? Are you viewing him more as as what we saw in that? that rookie season, or do you think maybe we need to temper expectations and and put together obviously Jordan Love Bean is its quarterback going from Aaron Rodgers. He's in ourselves here, we're just looking at his ADP, he's he's going super early around that wide receiver twenty mark. Um is that too much for you right now given the the small sample size and obviously changing in situation now that is he's, he's had?
3: I think it actually Jordan Love coming in benefits him because Jordan Love doesn't have any of the preconceived notions like Aaron Rodgers did, where he didn't like the younger wide receivers. Jordan Love probably spent a lot of time throwing to Christian Watson last off season in camp. You know, Christian Watson not coming in as a starter right away, so that's probably helpful. Uh, personally, for me, I'm going to kind of lump this in with the next guy. I'm sorry, I'm going to move on from Christian Watson. I'm going to get. I would move Christian Watson for Terry McLaurin plus, and then I would draft Jaden Reed later is probably how I would do it. Right now, he's the wide receiver I want because of Christian's Christian Watson's inconsistency. We mm-hmm. saw this in North Dakota State. We knew he was going to be a raw prospect. Do I think he has a high ceiling? Yes. I think he also has a dangerously low floor, too. Had Jaden Reed come out last year after the 2021 season when he had a killer year in Michigan State, had a really good year, faltered off last season, we'd have been talking about Jaden Reed being drafted much higher. Well, maybe not much higher given how good last year's wide receiver class was, but I think he would have probably pushed to be drafted a little higher than he was. Jaden Reed's a good football player, played at a bigger program than Christian Watson did. And I know that doesn't always matter, but the preparations there, just knowing how to carry yourself as a football player, these things that are taught better at bigger schools. They just are. So I would move on from Christian Watson. Try to get Jaden Reed plus, you know. I mean, you could get a guy like Terry McLaurin, a Keenan Allen, something like that, and draft picks to draft Jaden Reed. So you get the best of both worlds. That's what I would do. He's too inconsistent for me. Um but yeah still excited to see what he does this year.
2: Yeah, I'm looking to sell as well. I just I just don't trust it. Uh I mean you're averaging 23 <laughs> fantasy points, two touchdowns per game. Like that is incredible. <laughs> I'm selling you. Wide receiver 19 price point. I I'm I'm out. See you later. Thank you for what you did for my team in one year. Good luck in the future. Yep. But yeah, I'm selling him right away because I I his value probably is going to be at the highest it's going to be at in my opinion. I I just think that offense is going to be a little run heavy, like I've been saying, but I just think at that point, like he's doing so stinking good. The hype is so high on him. It's, it's time. It's time to get rid of him and say good luck, brother.
1: Yeah, no, he's a guy that I personally was never super in on either. So yeah. when the discussions have come about of, of should you be looking to him, I've always been somebody that's that's wanted to move off him if I have had him in, in any leagues. And I think that the reason why his price point seems to be so high is I think maybe people aren't as in on Jaden Reed as what maybe they should be, Mike. You've just mentioned that you really like him, but I feel like a lot of people weren't yeah. super high in him as a prospect. And they kind of feel like this is a, a layup for Christian Watson, the fact that they picked Reed when there was other wide receivers on the board that maybe they had higher in the, their rookie rankings. But um yeah, I agree with you. Obviously, we're gonna talk about Jaden Reed in, in a little minute. But um I think people see that as a positive for Christian Watson, whereas I just think it could be a negative. I agree with you, Mike, that, that I think Jaden Reed could be the, the wide receiver along this offense, as early as as his rookie season, I think he could be the guy that could be um, the most reliable. But Ali, I'll pass it to you because I know obviously you want to ask your questions about about Jaden Reed to, to the guys.
0: Yeah, just quickly on on Watson. John Love came in week twelve and threw nine passing attempts. Six of them went. Uh, he so nine passes for one hundred and thirteen yards, and uh, six of them went to. Uh, Christian Watson for 110 yards, so he clearly l- likes to target Christian Watson. There you go. Um, there's
3: there's your your cell window. Be like, Christian exactly you know, Watson. Pitch. <laughs> yes. There you go. Small sample size, but it's there. Let's sign the deal.
0: <laughs> Better than Devontae Adams. See. So. There you go. <laughs> Look at that.
3: The salesman over there. I love
0: Devontae it. Devontae could never.
3: He wouldn't <laughs> <have>. exactly.
0: <laughs> what is that as a target share? Uh, anyway, um, yeah, Jaden Reed. So, just want to get your thoughts on Jaden Reed. Are you, were you fans of Jaden Reed pre-draft? Are you fans of him now? He got much better draft capital than what I expected. Um, and then there's clearly for me, I see there's an opportunity there with a no real established wide receiver. One, obviously, we've just mentioned about Christian Watson. So, yeah, your thoughts on Jaden Reed? I can yeah. tell you, brother.
3: <laughs> Love him. Loved him. I thought he was coming out last year. So I actually started scouting him preliminarily, preliminarily
0: that right. Whatever. Um, We're last
3: season, I was a little upset when he decided to go back to school, but I get it. You know, Hey, look, get your degree, get that. No money, do it up. I can't, can't blame these guys. Mm-hmm. We saw last year what Romeo dubs did early in the year. We got a lot of targets and he got hurt. He kind of tapered off a little bit. There's no reason to think that Jaden Reed can't come in and be somewhat relevant right off the rip. Quintez Cephas in his first game as a Detroit Lion got 10 targets. It was all downhill from there, but still, it happened. These rookies, they can come in. They can be relevant right away. Jaden Reed could do pretty much everything. Good contested catch. He can separate. He can stretch the field. He could run short and intermediate rounds. He could run screens. He could do everything pretty well, and I think he's going to be a really good addition to the Green Bay Packers offense, and they got some tight ends, too, and we're going to be talking about them soon, so I'll just wait on that. I won't go too far <laughs> But I love Jaden Reed, love him.
2: Yeah, and I think I think he's a good player, and where you're picking him up at too, I think he's a good value there. I think he he has a chance to do some damage in the offense if they can get that offense rolling in the passing game. Like he is a good wide receiver that you know, I didn't think he was going to get drafted that early. Props to Mike and Nate; they really loved him early on and stuck with him, and he he, he got drafted early. So good kudos to those guys. But I did not see it happening that early, but. You know, he landed in a good spot where they don't really truly have that wide receiver one. I mean, Christian Watson played well last year, but that could all change this year, in my opinion. I, I think Jaden Reed is in a good spot, especially for where you're drafting him at this, this upcoming year, fantasy
3: drafts. And he's yeah. the wide receiver nine on DLF right now in the rookie class. Mm-hmm. So, And there's guys that I would take him over that are ahead of him, such as Jonathan Mingo, Rasheed Rice. I would take him over those guys personally. I think Rasheed Rice is gonna. I don't want to say a bust, but he gets that bump because he goes to Kansas City. I'll take Jaden Reed over him. I think he's more talented. Rasheed Rice is physical. He doesn't separate great, and his hands aren't the best either. Kind of important when you're a wide receiver. Not sure if everyone knows that, but you got to be able to catch it. <laughs> like uh, they, they also, um, the Packers drafted Dontavian Wicks, in, like yeah. the fifth round or something, from Virginia. Guy could separate. He could track the ball well. He had no clue what to do when the ball got there. And it's like, why are you – you could have gotten him as a UDFA. But, hey, they also drafted Sean Clifford, so. (laughs) All right, Bob. (laughs) That was a great time. That was a great time.
1: Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people are high on Jaden Reed. His good friend Dynasty Island, he's he's really high on Jaden Reed. He's got him as his wide receiver five alley when we did that rookie startup. He was happy to to pull the trigger at the back end of the first round. Obviously, he mm-hmm. knows he doesn't have to make that kind of move, but that's where he values him as a as a rookie. So I feel like there's a lot of people in this space that, that are really in on Jaden Reed. And I can see why the, the potential opportunity he could have in, in this offense looks to be great. And as I say, I think he could make a push to be the wide receiver one in his rookie season. So Um, yeah definitely excited by him but we've we've mentioned briefly that they've added a couple more weapons in in the nfl draft and they brought in two tight ends Um, and it was funny obviously uh, Luke Musgrave was the first selected and, and I remember being really excited by that because he's a guy that I really liked maybe a lot of people weren't talking about him because he had that limited sample size in college obviously dealing with the, the injuries so he was like one of those sleeper tight ends and as I say I love the landing spot but then the Packers went and drafted another another tight end not long after and, and brought in a second one so I'm just interested to know a simple question because I know some people are, are saying that took a craft map with a, the tight end that you maybe want to target in fantasy so where do you two sit on these tight ends and which one would you Would you prefer in, in Dynasty
3: I'm going to say this The stupidest thing I ever heard in my life Was when someone likened this To when the Baltimore Ravens drafted Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews <laughs> stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Tucker Craft is Drew Sample He's a blocking tight end Everyone's like he's so athletic They're helmet scouting because Dallas Goddard came from South Dakota State yeah. Stop, mm. stop He's clunky he doesn't even turn his body well. He's not very athletic. I didn't see it. I mean, I'm not a professional scout, but I didn't see it. Luke Musgrave is the answer. He's the guy I want. Luke Musgrave is the guy that's going to get split out. He's going to get moved around in the, for, the formations. Tucker Craft is going to be the inline guy. In my opinion, yeah. that's the way it should be. I don't know why they drafted Tucker Craft. You could have gotten a Tucker Craft clone as a UDFA. There was guys out there. You know what I mean? I would I prefer if they would have taken Zach Kuntz later. He's a good buy low right now. He's going as a UDFA. The Jets really like him. There you go, everyone. Get that Kunis on your roster. Stash him. <laughs> so your squad with tight ends always. Um, but I'm going with the Musgrave. Much more athletic. Um, I had him graded the same as Sam Laporta. So there you go, everyone likes Sam Laporta. There's your knockoff Sam Laporta. Everybody. Yeah, I, mean, I
2: like Musgrave too. But the thing with Craft is you're literally getting him for free. Because he's not being drafted very high at all. Like, you're getting him as a fifth round, maybe even undrafted player in your rookie draft because they did draft Musgrave. I mean, there's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can literally get this guy for free and be just fine with him not playing on your roster ever because you didn't have to give up anything for him. So that's kind of where I'm at with Kraft. Like, to me, I saw a little bit of athleticism at him. I'm not as low on him as Mike is, apparently. But, you know, I. I, I think there's something there. I think he could do something, but I, like I said, I'm getting him fifth round, fourth, late fourth round. Like I'm paying nothing for this guy. I'm not expecting him to light the world on fire. If you're paying for Musgrave, you're expecting him like to come in and go to work pretty quickly on your fantasy team because you're having to spend the draft capital. But I like Musgrave too. I wish he just didn't get injured as much. That's that's yeah. my only real yeah, worry I mean, the dude is never on the field. Like the film yeah. I found for him was like eight plays, And after that there was it was like a minute long i was like all right
3: uh, he looked
2: pretty good i guess
3: it was like a highlight it was like a highlight it's an easy show man that's what i love that (laughs) stuff hey look um here's the thing tucker craft is currently the tight end seven on dlf he's going ahead of brenton strange who i'm not a huge fan of even though i'm a penn state fan but he got Mm -hmm. second round draft capital will mallory goes in the fifth round he's tight end nine to the Colts. They have a need there. I think he's going to get more opportunity than Tucker Kraft and Zach Kuntz is the tight end 10 right now. These are all guys that I would rather take a chance on stashing because I think the opportunity is going to be there. And I understand that a lot of times Dynasty evaluators say talent over opportunity. If you don't get the opportunity to showcase your talent, it doesn't matter. Also, Darnell Washington at tight end 5 is too high. I think he's going to be primarily a blocking tight end. If you look at the Steelers depth chart, he's like 6th in line to get targets. I just don't see it happening. So you know you could definitely stash some guys later and let other people like tucker craft his adp it's going in like the mid-fourth round other guys there i'd rather take a chance on he's one of those guys where if i'm wrong i'm okay about that but i highly doubt that i will be i just don't think the opportunity is going to be there in the Green Bay packers offense
1: yeah, I just wonder if maybe they took took a craft as kind of that insurance policy on Luke Musgrave. Possibly. Obviously, but we know that they let the the Titans that they had, Robert Tunyon, they let him go. Mercedes Lewis, they didn't bring him back. So it kind of felt like maybe this is just a bit of an insurance policy. But I, I fully agree with you guys. I think putting health to one side, if he can stay healthy, Luke Musgrave, I think he's the the Titan for me. I'd rather own. Obviously, you've got to pay that little bit more premium in in Dynasty, but. Um, yeah I think he's he's an exciting guy for me in, in fantasy and, and moving forward but with that that brings us to the end guys thank you so much for, for joining us obviously it's a pleasure as always as I said at the top of the show we, we love having you guys on and it's been it's, it's lived up to the expectation and it's been a lot of fun so before we let you get off just let everyone know where they can find you anything you want to plug before you, before you jump off chef sure.
2: Yeah, I'll just say you know we complained about the teams we got. We were totally joking. We love coming on this. Stuff. We love coming on at seven a.m. to talk about these teams because it is such a great cause. I mean, you know, mentally you have to be there. You have to find a way to get yourself into a good spot, whether that's through counseling or just having more free time to yourself. Finding those ways to where you can be mentally happy. And for me, I was mentally drained, mentally ill from working had a job that required me to work so many stinking hours and just no time to myself. You have to find time to where you can have fun, where you can just be away from everything and just relax. Because I wasn't doing that and I was in a, a bad place and, you know, it, it affected me mentally, physically, so. Talk to somebody, man. Don't be afraid. We're all going through stuff, especially with COVID. I know it seems so far away, but that stuff still haunts people these days. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. talk to somebody. I know everybody at the Rewind, Cork's a big guy on it, where if you need somebody, talk to them. Send them a tweet, send them a message, DM, whatever you need to do. I think we're all the same at the Dynasty Rewind. We want to help you guys in fantasy, but if we can help you in any mental capacity, any way to help you be a better human, a better version of yourself, we want to help you in the best possible way. So that's all I'm going to plug. You know, everybody struggles. So don't feel like you're the only one. We all go through some things. Talk to people. I know Mike's wife does some work in this as well.
3: Yeah, she's a therapist or counselor or something. And I agree. If you want to reach out to anybody, go ahead, reach out to Porkman. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to reach out to any one of us gentlemen thank you for having us if you want more of us you can follow us on twitter at dynasty rewind or subscribe to our youtube page we are also available anywhere that you hear podcasts new podcasts drop wednesday and friday so check us out i think you'll like it thanks guys
1: uh, yeah absolutely cheers for coming on. top guys so thank you very much and, and we'll see you again soon
3: see you guys next year yes. take
1: it easy, guys. Take cheers guys. guys take care, take care. You guys. And with that, we'll bring Kevin, who's fully refreshed now, I I assume. But before I I jump off, I'll I'll just quickly say a huge thank you to everyone that has donated. Um, I I had a a quick look while we were talking then, and we're over 50 donations now. We're we're pushing for that £1,000 milestone, so um, a big thank you to everyone that has donated. Um, The the donation link will stay up until the end of June, so you can find that on our Twitter page, at Fancy Wildcard. Um, Just search that on Twitter and and look for the stream form there as well. So thank you for supporting mine. When you have the wild
2: card, you have the power to change the game.